Good morning, everyone. Friends, um, last night, Father Mark went all hardcore Bible study on the 530 Mass. The lesson was proper, how I went about it, approach was not. So I will get emails about it. Um, but I can assure you that I am my own worst critic. So I've already beaten myself up about it. Um, I will not do that this morning to you. Um, I'm meaning go Bible study on you. Um, but my friends, uh, our first reading from the Book of Wisdom comes from the Wisdom Liturgy, uh, uh, literature. And um, there it tells us about God. Uh, God, uh, he loves everything that he's created, and he does not create anything he does not love. Uh, they use the word loathe. Um, but um, it went on even further to say that um, the world and all that it contains is just like a grain of sand compared to uh, the very vastness of God, uh, which is an amazing statement uh, because back in, when this was written, they had no concept of universes, just earth, sun, moon, really. And uh, even more amazing is uh, in that reading, it says that God overlooks the sins of his creation, you and I. Uh, because he doesn't care? No, he cares greatly. But he's given us a time of grace. It says it. So that they will repent. I overlook these things. And my friends, uh, uh, goes on further to say that his very, the, the spark of divinity that is God is in all of his creation, including you and I. And the inherent dignity because of that. So my friends, our second reading uh, to the Thessalonica, to, uh, Paul is addressing uh, an issue that's come up in that community. It's one of his most beloved communities. And uh, other Christian missionaries, as we understand it, have entered into their city and seem to be undermining what Paul has been teaching. In particular, uh, day of the Lord means that the second coming, that's how they understood it. So they're worried that uh, someone has come in and told them Paul's wrong and um, the day of the Lord has happened. So they're worried. Did they miss it? Did they run out of time? So Paul is telling them, uh, be careful. Uh, he says, now continue your work. Continue to be a community. Come together. Stay strong, united. Continue working, uh, meaning building up the, the body of Christ. And uh, my friends, the teaching for that uh, is applies to us today. Uh, we need to be very careful about those who come in and attempt to teach other or wrong teachings of Jesus Christ and about our church, including if it's from within. But in the case of this, there were people from the outside who were mission, Christians, followers of Jesus, they claimed, came in. So uh, it applies to us. My friends, the classic understanding of uh, the scripture for today from Zacchaeus is one about conversion. So unlike last night, I'm going to stick to this, <laughs> uh, lest you leave too scratching your heads. Um, so my friends, we're told that Zacchaeus, um, the community that he lives in, does not like him. And they don't like him because he is a tax collector, not just a tax collector, he is the chief tax collector. And um, in his community, individuals who worked for the Roman government 
which was a very oppressive government at the time, were considered to be traitors and sinners by the Jewish people. Zacchaeus is Jewish. We are told that he is wealthy, um, in part because he receives, if you will, a commission, um, a percentage of what he collects. And um, in their time, the scales would have been not proper. They would have uh, shifted them a little bit to get a little bit more money. Um, but the scriptures don't say that Zacchaeus does this, but he is the chief tax collector. He's in charge, uh, modern-day IRS agent, if you will. <laughs> On the other hand, so he is hated. He's, he's the least of all in his community. And in comes a rabbi, a Jewish man named Jesus, who is very popular among the people and is followed by large crowds of people who praise him. See the contrast that's happening. It's a striking scene uh, when the Lord spots Zacchaeus and singles him out and calls him by name. And he insists on eating dinner with him. Uh, my friends, um, Jesus often sits down and eats dinner with uh, those who are considered outcasts and undesirables in our society. And Zacchaeus is that. The townspeople have no love for him, and this, I speculate probably this impacted him. How could it not when you live in a community that hates you? In Jesus' time, a Jewish man of any respect or dignity does not run. They don't run anywhere. They walk slowly. And so it makes me wonder what's going on with Zacchaeus because we're told that he runs, which probably means uh, certainly something's up with him, something's bothering him. And to see a Jewish man of his stature run through the streets, and then climb a tree, and not just any tree in particular, um, a sycamore. Um, might have seemed crazy, like he had lost his mind. And uh, most of probably would have thought that that's exactly what was going on, running through the street and climbing trees. So my friends, it was not madness, but curiosity and even desperation drove Zacchaeus to run through the street and to climb a tree. Zacchaeus is aware of how the community sees him, whether right or wrong. This is how they see him. He's aware of his own failings, and he's desperately seeking to have reconciliation and mercy, not only from God, but from his community that he lives in. Zacchaeus has probably heard the stories of Jesus, of his mercy, of his companion. Uh, compassion, of his friendliness, of his holiness. So he seeks him out. Then came this unexpected moment of grace for someone like Zacchaeus. Jesus tells him, "Just Zacchaeus, come down from there. And we're told he come down quickly. Likely he fell out of the tree probably in shock that Jesus knows him, 
And Jesus says, I'm going to have dinner with you. And then I can only imagine what is going through Zacchaeus' mind at that point when this very famous rabbi, even infamous at that point, knows him and says, I'm coming to your house for dinner. My friends, as a sinner, one can imagine all sorts of complications and problems blocking our way to God, either in our own minds or because others have cast their stones at us, making reconciliation and conversion very difficult then. However, in this one moment of grace, years of deception and unnecessary hurt and hiding melts away. Jesus showed how God does not coerce a sinner, but lovingly issues an invitation. A good response to that invitation we find in Zacchaeus, he hurries down from the tree, and we are told that he welcomes Jesus with great joy. He's not afraid. Zacchaeus in that moment was given, I think, what he sought most, reconciliation, acceptance, mercy, love. And it's these things that causes Zacchaeus uh, to respond the way he does, the transformation. There's nothing that indicates that he was a bad man. No, it's just the opposite. So you went from, if you will, goodness into holiness because he's standing in front of one of the most holiest people of his time. Because Jesus gives a parable. He gives no parable. He gives no judgment. He doesn't even tell him, you need to stop being an IRS agent. He doesn't, does he? He just calls him forth. Now, I would put forth that what Jesus would tell him is, be a tax collector. Be one with holiness. Be one that acts with justice. But stay in your job and do this. Be that example to the other tax collectors. My friends, as it is, Jesus does not ask him for restitution. But Zacchaeus says, I will give half of what I have. And if there is any um, mischievous things, malfeasance is what we call it, going on, I will make sure it's taken care of four times over. Even though Jesus did not demand this of him, sometimes the human heart, even though forgiven, seeks to do rest restitution. And what could be evidence of conversion also? Yeah, we can certainly say that. My friends, in this episode that we see in Luke's, and this only appears in Luke's gospel, uh, Zacchaeus, uh, typically we find Jesus defending the sinner, defending the one who's being an outcast. But in this event, uh, Jesus does not. Instead, he lets Zacchaeus defend himself. Remember, this is all happening in public view. And he allows Zacchaeus to defend himself by saying, I will give half. And even further, if, if 
I have done anything wrong if I have stolen. That's the big thing. If. I would pay it four times over. And in his time, he only had to do what we would understand as a one time, 1.25% of his income. Much to the bemoaning and objections of the community that he lives in, his words and his actions prove his goodness and his conversion above and beyond what was required from the Mosaic law. And he did so with joy in his heart. And this, my friends, was the true sign of transformation and reconciliation, conversion, the joy that Zacchaeus had. Jesus saw Zacchaeus, um, the whole of him, not just what the community said about him, and not even what Zacchaeus saw about himself. But Jesus saw the potential of this man, the goodness and the example that he would have for others. And I believe Jesus' vision of Zacchaeus, how he saw him, affected the way Zacchaeus would see himself from that moment forward. His conversion was a conversion from goodness into holiness. Zacchaeus knew his new relationship with God would require much. But with God's grace and his own resolution, he would be able to meet those requirements. The gospel today tells us that God looks lovingly towards the sinner with an invitation. That's not to say there, there will be a time of judgment, but we have a time of grace. So now God, through his son Jesus, invites the sinner to approach, to open up their doors, minds, and hearts to him for the possibility of something new, new hope, a new life. My friends, this is what we celebrate every Mass. That salvation has come. Let us gain hope and inspiration then from this story about Zacchaeus, about reconciliation, restitution, God's mercy, God's love. At this Eucharist, we remember that salvation has come. And like Zacchaeus, we too are called always to repentance and conversion and holiness. My friends, we are also called to receive our Lord Jesus always with joy. And for us Roman Catholics, in the Eucharist, do you receive Jesus with joy when you're coming forward? If not, you need to get there because it's a wonderful grace, the best grace for us. Amen? Our and sisters, our first reading reminds us that God loves all of his creation, and particularly us. We've been made in his image, and his son has testified to that. Second reading bids us to continue working up to build the body of Christ, but we must stay together as a church. And we must be weary of those who would come in with false teachings uh, about Christ and about traditions. And ultimately, Jesus says, be careful how you judge things may not be what they appear. And Jesus approached with love, not with condemnation, to help with that transformation. We must do likewise.